Welcome to Infinite Fellowship Ministries where we train believers to know and to pursue God's perfect will so as to yield fruit for His kingdom. Here is a sermon by Rev. Richard Mwendo. I want all of us to turn to the Infamy website and enter the prophetic word of 10th of September 2020. I'm going to give you time to get there. There will be some awkward silence as you scroll. I hope we've gotten there. 10th of September 2020. Right. God is speaking specifically about the community and the state of the community. He is saying that he wants to cause a shaking to occur in the community. Turn to your neighbor and tell them what you feel about this word. I know you're used to not uh, reacting in the context of, of preaching, uh, but it is uh, needed for reactions to occur. <laughs> it's very intense. Eh? <laughs> he is saying that he wants to cause a shaking to occur in the community. If the Lord wants to cause a shaking, who can stop it? Anyone? Any ideas? Okay. The primary reason for this is that there are a number of people who have not attained to oneness. I want you to take two minutes and ask your neighbor, have you attained to oneness? It's going to be hard today. Have you attained to oneness? This oneness is insofar as the heart position is concerned. And oneness insofar as the vision of infamy is concerned. The Lord has been speaking about the heart since 20... Since I joined infamy, since 2011. Um, and specifically in this word, he's highlighting that the heart position is of great concern. And oneness insofar as the vision of infamy is concerned. Turn to your neighbor and ask them, what has the vision of infamy demanded of you that you have felt the greatest pain for? David said, I will not offer a sacrifice that costs me nothing. So what has the vision of infamy demanded from you? It's starting to look like I'm facilitating a funeral. And if it is a funeral, it is the funeral of the carnal man. What has the vision of infamy demanded from you? Some people are asking themselves, you mean the vision was to demand something? <laughs> you mean we are not just to come, have a wonderful time? Engage with each other and go home and hope that by next Sunday things would have changed in our lives. 
The second portion is, in as much as people know what the vision is, some haven't come to the place of understanding what their role in the vision of infamy is. Turn to your neighbor <laughs> and ask your neighbor, what is your role in the vision of infamy? There are people who are looking like what they are reading is not English. Can you turn to your neighbor? <laughs> yeah, I know you've already understood what you are reading. What is your role in the vision of infamy? <laughs> some people are just praising God they don't have neighbors. <laughs> I can see someone praising God. Thank Jesus. I don't have a neighbor. <laughs> Woo! What is your role in the vision of infamy? <laughs> and consequently, because you do not understand what your role is in the vision of infamy, you have fallen short of your ability to supply and plug into the vision that God has released upon the man of God. Turn to your neighbor and ask your neighbor, if there was no ministry, that is to say no setup, no sound, no media, no worship team, if there was no ministry, how would you plug into the vision of infamy? And let me even go a step further. If there was no currency, if there was no money, how would you plug into the vision of infamy? <laughs> the faces I'm getting are award-winning. <laughs> how would you plug into the vision of infamy? and consequently have fallen short of their ability to supply and plug into the vision that God has released upon the man of God. God is saying, part three, that a time is coming in this decade where it is going to be very difficult for you to be a member of infamy. Turn to your neighbor and ask your neighbor, has it been difficult for you to be a member of infamy? <laughs> and get an answer. <laughs> and why would it be difficult if you fall short of being able to supply and plug into the vision of infamy he wants to cause a shaking that will set apart those who genuinely are able to supply towards the vision and those who are just warming the pews of infamy. Turn to your neighbor and ask them, are you warming the pews of infamy? Not Desta, infamy. So this is not a physical location we are speaking concerning. This is a spiritual reality. Some people are asking, where was I in September 2020? <laughs> Did the Lord really speak? This is those who are just there to receive, but are sh falling short of being able to supply and plug into the vision. The month of April, ladies and gentlemen, will be a transition month. So this is a month where we are going to equip the church to be able to perceive the stream of the lineage. It is a transition month. Why is this important? It's because it is very easy for us to come and receive high-sounding truths that make no change in your life. 
So we're going to challenge you based on everything that we have been having within this altar for the last 13 years of our existence, almost 13 in June, to be able to audit your capacity to enter into what God has been doing. Now, what is entrance? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man shall come to the Father except through me. Entrance is locating a pragmatic yet dynamic access point within the person of Christ. And this location is not an event. If it were an event, all of us would have already been glorified. Remember foundation class? For those who have not gone through foundation class, Rev Musha is over there. He will raise his hands so that you can see him. Please see him after service. He will be able to create a class for you. For those of you who have forgotten about foundation class, the same Rev Mushai will create a revision curriculum for you. Salvation, consecration, sanctification, and justification. If it was an event, the salvation would immediately propel you to justification. You would be glorified and seated in Christ in high places already with no other purpose on earth. You would have been buried by the mere saying of the sinner's prayer. By the repentance in your old way. If it were an event, you would have already changed. You would have entered the Enoch dimension where you are no more. But it is not an event. And that is why understanding the importance of the access point is very key. The, the, the Lord's Prayer, let me call it the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer highlights that there is a certain daily bread. And further on within the first five books of the scriptures. We also understand that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And in 20, if I'm not wrong, 2015 or 2013, there was a certain teaching on what is proceeding and what is preceding, especially as far as the word of God is concerned. So that access point requires a diligent service where in every day when you wake up to acknowledge the masses of God that are new every morning, you should be able to discern how to enter into the reality of Christ based on what he has called you to attain. Now this process should not be very difficult. What makes it difficult? What makes it sound like a lot of work is the influence and the colonization of the carnal man in your life. In 2012, we also learned about the carnality series, where we learned that there was the old mind, the old heart, and the old will, and the transformative new mind, new heart, and new will. In the month of April, we are going to challenge you to always try and understand what is happening within the stream of your lineage. What is the importance of a stream? Turn with me to Psalms chapter 1. It's a very simple uh, scripture. Psalms chapter 1. I will be reading in uh, the New King James Version. 
Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. So this is a way of life we are being taught concerning. We're going to read the entire scripture. It's not very long. It's just six, six verses. Who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly? Meaning that what the scripture teaches us is that by the way you live your life, there will always be an influence. So you need to understand what is influencing you. Number one, is it the counsel of the ungodly? And then it goes on to say, no stands in the path of sinners. We stand, we pose, we fellowship at a place of, of standing. So when you're standing, you're standing in a place where sinners can very easily pass by and influence you to walk in the way that they walk. So your fellowship, your place of punctuation, your place of audit, you, the way you review your life has to be in a way that is distinct from those that are sinners. And then sitting in the seat of the scornful. Sitting implies rest. Sitting implies a place of uh, placement, promotion, assignment. So your assignment should have a distinction from that of the scornful. So as to receive the reality known as blessing. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. Now this is the difficult part. Because delight cannot be faked. You cannot fake delight. I know that there are actors. I know that there are thespians. But at some point the human nature will fail. At some point the human nature will come to a place where itaisha pumzi. Yani itaisha all ability to perpetuate itself in the way that it was previously driving your person. And because the human nature is frail, and to God and in contrast of God, it is as a breath, you will never be able to fake your delight. Reference to 10th of September 2020, when the Lord said that it's going to be very difficult to remain in infamy. Meaning that it will be very difficult to delight in what you say you delight in if it does not come from the true essence of who you are. And in his law, he meditates day and night. Why did the Lord give his law? He gave his law so that he can be able to tutor man in his way. He did not give his law as a KPI to man. Why was it not a KPI? It is because Christ accomplished all things. So there is nothing new you are doing. That is why Ecclesiastes, the preacher, says that there is nothing new under the sun. Within the time, space, and matter dimensions of existence, there is nothing new. Christ has done it all. He has established the reality of life and godliness and empowered it in your spirit, in your heart, so that you can be able to testify not only according to 2 Peter 1 verse 3, but also Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11, that there is an eternity in your heart. What is that eternity? It is Christ's accomplished works in your life. When he gave the law, he gave you 
the law so that you can be able to snap out of a performance-based life. So that you can stop being a fig tree. That fig tree that was cast was cast because it had the semblance of fruitfulness but the lack thereof. Why would you have a semblance of fruitfulness? You have to understand that semblance has to be semblance. It has to look good. So your life must look like it makes sense for you to be a fig tree. If your life does not make sense, at least you are safe. Uh, you are you're not yet in the fig tree dimension. <laughs> you have to have a semblance of fruitfulness. Uh, you have to look like you know what you're saying. You have to sound like you have an authority in the field of engagement that you have. But you see, the challenge always will be delight. If you do not delight, you lack the capacity to join, to enjoin yourself to the fruitfulness dimension of Christ. So there are things within a lineage, and I'm going to get there, that if you do not delight in, you have called yourself impotent in the lineage. And that is why it will become difficult for you to remain in infamy. Eddie, if you do not delight in your father, if you, if you, are, if you disown your father, there is nothing you can be able to become fruitful in as far as his legacy is concerned. It's the, it's the principle of nature. You have to find delight where you're planted. Otherwise, it will be very difficult to be in infamy. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. We were given the law so that we can be able to see the difference, the contrast between the semblance of fruitfulness and the actuality of fruitfulness. In his delight, in his law, does he meditate day and night? That means that you should trust the new mind to have a new hunger, a new thirst to always consider scriptures. Otherwise, meditating on the law of the Lord is not memorizing what has been articulated in the language that you understand. Delighting in the law of the Lord is enjoining yourself to the intent through which God spoke and gave his scriptures to us. And by consequence of that enjoyment, you find delight and you begin to grow from glory to glory, from one spiritual blessing to another. Meditation. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And he shall be like Comparison or giving you uh, something to be able to study so as to derive a reality. Like is the experience dimension. His likeness was as a man. What you experienced looked like something that you had an understanding concerning. But the experience was not where you were meant to sit. You were meant to see past the experience and see into the intention that God had for that experience. And he shall be like. So the Lord is not telling you to go and be a tree. He's telling you to study the way of the tree. To study the principles 
that sustain it, that establish it, and then enter into the reality of God through Christ, who has accomplished everything within you, and then begin to meditate on what you found and found as a revelation at the place of study. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Number one, if you only look at the experience, you will think that the Lord is telling you not to be dynamic in the dynamic world we live in. Because that English articulation speaks towards a certain sense of immovability. A certain sense of stagnation. But that is the experience. If we were only to camp on experience, then the church will be Guided not by the Holy Spirit, but by the rabbis who understand experience better than any of us collectively could. You see, experience is an invitation. But if you enter experience without an access point, then you will never enter reality. What am I saying? If we have an amazing worship time in this service, but you have no way of understanding what that changes within you. You will never be able to go beyond the fact that I loved how worship was. You will always be thinking, the Lord wants me stagnant. The Lord wants me never to move in life. The job I have entered now is the job that my children will bury me from. Just because... You have no access point. You have no ability to grow in reality. And you see, this is the reality of meditation. Delighting in the law is the gate. Meditation is the ascent. It is the growth. It is the expansion. It is the living water. A tree planted by the rivers of water. Why would God speak in this way? I have to look at the principles of life to understand why God would speak in this way. There are certain things that will never change. I will never have another biological father, true or false. Anyone here who believes that their genes can be modified by consequence of identifying a biological father of choice, anyone, please raise your hand. No, you, you never know, maybe. I know I'm, I'm well-researched, but things come about every, every so often. So anyone who believes that they can be able to alter their genetic code to match the genetic code of their father of choice. I mean, if that was possible, my friends, <laughs> Bill Gates would be a father of many children. <laughs> yeah, he'd be an African father. So anyway, when it comes to life, there are certain things that don't change. There are certain things that are immovable. I will call them ancient landmarks. So this scripture is talking about ancient landmarks. Things that are immovable, such like the north. The north will always be the north. Anyone who has a different opinion. South will always be south. East will be east. West will be west. The sun will always rise from the east and set in the west. It has been doing so since the start of this world, this age. The moon will always rise when the sun sets. And it always influence the sea. 
The stars will always be seen by men. Those are things that are unmovable. You will always be the child of your father. Immovable, true or false. So this scripture is speaking about a certain anchor that every believer should have so as to be able to ascend and grow by consequence of that anchor. It does not tell the tree that you cannot grow horizontally. It does not tell the tree that you cannot spread out your roots like mangrove. It does not tell the tree that you cannot ascend to the heights like the cedars of Lebanon. It does not tell the tree you only have to have 15 branches. It just tells the tree you must have an anchor. Turn to your neighbor and very seriously ask your neighbor, what is your anchor? In Christ, what is your anchor? What is that immovable thing in Christ? It would have been better if I just come and tell you things, wouldn't it? But my request of uh, responses is starting to to pain. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. By the rivers of water. That means that the proximity, the diet of that believer has to be anchored by a certain place. Are there springs? Yes, there are. In Mali, I was doing some research and I realized that they have this brilliant irrigation system that uh, put to shame Western uh, innovations. And this irrigation system means that you dig holes uh, 30 centimeters uh, wide and deep, uh, and then you spread them equidistant across the entire place. And because they receive such a dismal amount of rainfall, the rain collects in those holes and ends up irrigating that entire field. They put to shame what Western irrigation looked like. Was there that technology? Yes. But why the rivers of water? I'm sure that there are many ways to find water. There's bohol technology. You can dig, 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 dig. Oh, okay, maybe you don't understand. Okay, bohol is just a very deep well. <laughs> so it, it was there since the, the start of time. So <laughs> people have been digging wells for a very long time. So by the time this scripture was being written, that technology was available. It was available. Why didn't he say, by the wells of Jacob? That sounds better. It has a bit of influence about me, doesn't it? There was no reference of any patriarch in this verse. By the rivers of water. You see, the reality of the rivers of water is that these rivers of water is not a geographical location. This river of water is what I will be referring to in the month of April as your stream. And I want you to understand this with another experience 
that Christ revealed to the church, which is the vine experience. I am the vine and you, my, you are my branches. You, you do understand that the vine has one source, one stem, but numerous branches. So at the end of it all, every church should be able to be traced to Christ. Irreparably and without any wavering. Similarly so, the rivers of water emanate from Christ and fulfill in him. Cyclic technology. By the rivers of water means that there is a certain immovable reality about your diet that if you do not understand earlier on in your salvational walk, you will be receiving from every stream and never growing. You will be spiritually malnutritioned. Why? Because you have not identified that immovable plantation that you are meant to be in. Don't listen to this scripture or this teaching like I'm speaking to you in infamy. Listen to this like you don't even have a church. Like you're a believer and you're interested in growing in God. This is not a defense of infamy. This is just a challenge. So, the rivers of water, what do they do? They bring forth fruit in your season. Number one, you have to have an understanding of your times and seasons. If you don't have that immovable reality where you draw forth the diet, what do I mean by the diet? The diet is not a specific salmon. It is what you take home from that salmon. That's your diet. When you are at a buffet, Eddie, Hey, I've used you too much. When you're at a buffet, Diana, I don't know if you like the buffets. Let me see who likes buffets. Roy, Roy, when you're at a buffet, Roy, do you eat everything or there are things that you ignore? There are things you ignore. And if, if Roy is, is like uh, one of my close friends who has a doctrine concerning greens, uh, <laughs> He needs a lot of accountability for mineral uptake in his life. <laughs> That's what diet is. Diet is the fact that it is impossible for you to consume everything. And because God knew so at the start of time, he designated a diet for you. An immovable access point within which you will be able to test and approve <laughs> every teaching. That is what is called your revelation of Christ in some theological circles. But you see that revelation of Christ has to find a context of fellowship so that iron can sharpen iron. Without that revelation of Christ being sharpened, you will become dull and in as much as you bore fruit in your earlier seasons, after a while you will stop bearing fruit. Because you are no longer sharpenable. Turn to your neighbor and ask your neighbor, when was the last time you were sharpened in fellowship? Get an answer. <laughs> it's not a rhetoric question. Get an answer. What you don't know is that the carnal man will constantly make you busy to avoid sharpening. It is his estate. Who? In fact, the scripture says, it gives the example of the, of the strong man, the experience of the strong man. 
The strong man cannot let go of where he is currently dominating unless he's toppled over. There is no negotiation that you can have with a carnal man. Even the apostle Paul, writing Romans chapter 7, well advanced in his career, said that there are things that he struggles with. He was not speaking of another man. He was speaking about himself. What I want to do, I don't find myself doing. When was the last time you were sharpened? It is in the context of fellowship that you are sharpened, that you understand your times and seasons. Your leaf also shall not wither. And this is the reality of oneness. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Mm. Fleeting. This, this references fleeting. It is at one point at a certain time, but they lack that immovable anchor that will be able to keep them constantly bearing fruit. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. So what the scripture defines is that success is the intimate knowledge of God of your way. And how does he know your way? Because it is his way. A stream is an immovable understanding of your diet and how you should receive truth. How you should digest it. There are those of us who are lactose intolerant. There are those of us who do not like certain meats. Think of these examples as your consecrations. And your consecrations were designed in such a way that where you are planted, you will be able to be sharpened and you will be able to be motivated to understand what is happening. Why am I saying motivated to understand what is happening? It's because when you lack motivation to understand, it will show in your actions. You won't have delight. Ladies and gentlemen, the month of April, we're going to have two teachings. We have three Sundays. This is the first one, and then we have this, the one next Sunday, and then the last Sunday of April. Next Sunday, I will be tackling the four faces. Why are we in the Bible studies that we are in? We're going to enter the Old Testament as a gate. Not as the end location, but as a gate. And we are going to study the experience of Ezekiel chapter 1. So I ask you to please read ahead. And then we are going to close the month of April with an understanding of stream. We are going to study the river of God. We are going to understand why it is that we grow based on diet. You don't grow based on what you know. Have you ever met someone so knowledgeable, but there is no way of translating that knowledge into impact in their life? What you know can puff you up, but diet is digestion. It's a translation from knowledge into understanding. That which the, the understanding is a technology that continues to express itself within the heavenly realm. Jeremiah 51, 15. And then wisdom. 
wisdom the person encountering the technology you see when Christ created the earth realm he created a technology and that technology is what Adam left it's what Adam abandoned and what the enemy occupied but that technology was still created by Christ but that technology was not the end all be all it was limited to the capacity that the person has to enjoy themselves in Christ Jesus So wisdom is the system of all existence. The created and uncreated realms. The visible and the invisible realms. The known and the unknown realms. All of that is vested in wisdom. I urge you to please read ahead. Read the book of Ezekiel. It's very exciting. Ezekiel is what we're going to study in this month, but only two scriptures. The first, which is chapter one, and then the river of God. Now, with five minutes left, left I want you to turn to your neighbor and I want you to give them a summary of what makes you think you're going to stay in infamy beyond today. Based on the teaching of the word of God. I know Christ is the answer, but <laughs> try to be more specific. <laughs> I'm going to, as you're discussing, please continue to discuss, but I'm going to read the prophetic word again. God is speaking specifically about the community and the state of the community. He is saying that he wants to cause a shaking to occur in the community. The primary reason for this is that there are a number of people who have not attained to oneness. This is oneness insofar as their heart position is concerned, and oneness insofar as the vision of infamy is concerned. Inasmuch as people know what the vision is, some haven't come to the place of understanding what their role in the vision of infamy is, and consequently have fallen short of the ability to supply and plug into the vision that God has released upon the man of God. God is saying that a time is coming in this decade where it's going to be very difficult for you to be a member of infamy. And why is that so? It is because if you fall short of being able to supply and plug into the vision of infamy, you will, be, you will find it very difficult to be a member of infamy. He wants to cause a shaking that will set apart those who are genuinely able to supply towards the vision and those who are just warming pews in infamy. This is those that are just there to receive but are falling short of being able to supply and plug into the vision. I want you to keep your neighbor accountable in uh, the coming week by praying for your neighbor. Yeah, out of the frying pan into the fire. The conclusion is hotter than the introduction. <laughs> Keep your neighbor accountable. And anyone who's not kept accountable next week, I will start the sermon by asking who has been ignored. Why is this important? John chapter 17, verse 21. That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. 
the summary of his impact was unity. Keep each other accountable. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for today's service. We thank you for what you have revealed to us as your children. We thank you that you are maturing us from the stage of being babes to the stage of being children. And for those that are at the stage of children, you are maturing us to the place of being sons. And in the place of sonship, you are teaching us how to glory in suffering and persecution because you only chastise them that you love. King of glory, may I find that truly there is a glory in suffering. Hey, my Lord, I pray that I will break every linkage that the carnal man has towards my zeitgeist, that has towards my psychology in life, that has towards my understanding of everything that I know and everything that I currently perpetuate. My Lord, may the carnal man break in me and break in us as a community. May we go back to the first love where we understand your word as simply as it was given that we are your children, we are your chosen generation, and because of your choice, if the Israelites were not able to survive your chastisement, neither shall we. King of glory, may we be chastised that we may grow, and may we not find difficult what you want to do, for difficulty only comes by what is carnal, only comes by understanding that how we live our life is limited, but in you, Christ Jesus, there is no difficulty for your burden is light and your yoke is easy king of glory I pray that as a church we would ascend oh my God that we would ascend may the fire of seeking you may the fire of reading your word come alive through the context of sharpening may we keep each other accountable may we grow to the knowledge of who you are and may we establish your purpose in our generation for it is in Jesus name I have prayed have a wonderful week ahead. May you please meet in your Bible studies and let us meet next Sunday for the four faces. Thank you for listening to this audio. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe and share with a friend.